0: What's up, Bikers? I'm Robert. This is the Biker Bar Podcast live stream episode 118. Man, it's going to be crazy whenever it's like 1,852. That's nuts. I don't even want to think about that. Anyways, today's episode is going to be Danica from Fife and Flow. If you guys haven't heard of her, you should go check her out. Link and show more right now Why well, you got a minute. I'm gonna talk about the things that I always talk about that you guys get tired of hearing me talk about, like every other YouTuber. Hit the thumbs up if you like this. Hit the thumbs down two times if you don't like it. Subscribe. That'd be rad. You know what? Actually, I was over on the uh, Apple Podcast app yesterday, just taking a look, and nobody has written a review in March. So if one of you guys One of you guys or gals, when I say that, I'm like, I grew up in the 80s. Come on. Guys means everybody. When One of you guys, please go out there and write me a review. That would be rad. A five-star review would be good. If you're thinking four stars, you should probably get one of your friends that wants to do a five-star review to do it. That would be cooler. I would enjoy that. Nonetheless, this is the deal. On Instagram and Facebook, I'm always like communicating with people, Showing pictures of what's going on, and the other day I did a, a a little surprise drawing. Like, whoever had the best comment for this picture gets one of these rad, like Arctic Cup biker mugs that I have for my Patreon group. And if you don't follow over there, you actually don't get to be part of those prizes. So do me a favor: swing by Facebook, swing by Instagram, give me a sub, uh, a follow, whatever it is over there. Do those things. And then then you can be part of that. It's free. Then, if you really, really want to help out the channel, you want to you want to get behind me, like, like when you order a beer at the bar and the bartender, you're like, Yeah, that guy poured that beer really good. Here's a book. I'd be rad if you did that for me. You do that at Patreon. Swing by there, patreoncom biker, links and show more, or just go to patreon.com. There's only one B1KER on there. I guarantee it. There's probably nobody else on there that starts out with B1. Do me a favor. That would be great. Help me help support the channel. The people that, that are on the five dollar tier, I write them a hand handwritten letter. Every time I write a letter, I'm super stoked to to do that. Like honestly, I I can't express enough thanks to the two people that signed up last week. One of them's another YouTuber, MTB Rad Dad. We should did I have him on the show? Oh my God, I can't remember if I did. I feel like I did. Maybe I didn't. I don't know. If I haven't, I should invite him. That would be a good idea. Anyways, let's go ahead and get back to the show. We're gonna bring Danica on from Fife and Float. Fortunately, you were quiet the whole time because I forgot to meet you. You think you weren't oh, like yelling? Thank goodness, at your I'm not like
1: coughing and having a conversation <laughs> in the background.
0: Right, exactly. So how's it going?
1: It's going well yeah i would say it's like actually starting to feel like spring up here in bellingham so it's a good day
0: oh man i want to go up there so bad and i lost the bet with um with uh mtb daily right or daily mtb right i always screw up his channel name i feel like he should make yeah, josh yeah josh but okay. like, you know if i just say josh does everybody know who i'm talking about you know what I mean? uh,
1: no like there are millions of joshes out there so
0: right right <laughs> Yeah, but anyways, I lost a bet with him. I'm supposed to go up there and ride, and then COVID got in the way and whatnot. And I've been really looking forward to going up there.
1: It is up there's a a shredder. Like it's a great place to be for sure.
0: Are you from there, or like all your life?
1: No, I grew up in Utah, and then I moved up here about four ish years ago to go to Western.
0: Oh, okay. Would you like the uh,
1: kinesiology? Oh, that's cool. Exercise science.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I totally know what that is. I have a, I have a buddy that, that went to school for that. That's rad. So um, you, you just went up there for school and you're like, you know what, I'm staying.
1: Yeah, pretty much. So um, I was married by the time we were moving up here with my husband's name is Andrew and we kind of wanted to get out of Utah. My husband was into biking and I like barely got a bike was like, yeah, it'd be great if we had also a place to bike. And we moved up here and we didn't even know how good it was until we uh, actually got here. And we just thought, how did we just accidentally land on a Mecca? It's right. cool.
0: No, <laughs> that's super rad. I think I saw him when you're your like, you did like a YouTube short or something like that. Maybe it was a TikTok and it was like, when your wife says no to the DH bike, get back to her. And it's like unscrewing the valve stems and just throwing them in the backyard. I was like, that was And
1: he ended funny. up getting the DH bike, so.
0: Oh, he did? So he doesn't listen. Yeah, yeah. Typical guy,
1: right? <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's too funny. So when you, you guys moved up there for you to go to school and that was it?
1: Mm-hmm, for like... both of us to go to school.
0: Okay. Yeah, w- what he, yeah, he
1: was also yeah. kinesiology. So he was getting into his master's program up there and I just did my undergrad.
0: Oh, cool. Did you guys like, like you guys met in Utah and you're both like, you know what? Let's both go to school in, in, in Washington for kinesiology.
1: Yeah. It was more like, uh, <laughs> we were married and he's said, Hey, I'm going to like go to school. It's like, let's get out of Utah. Like right? I love Utah, but I lived there my whole life. And I just thought, I want to go, you know, take a chance living somewhere else and so we picked Washington and then happened to like figure out Western had like a pretty good program and landed here and then it just happened to be that the mountain biking is amazing so
0: Uh yeah we're we're in Utah where you guys live in
1: so in St. George Utah so also had some good riding also
0: another mountain bike where you're just like I don't know we should probably get into like fly fishing or something huh (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, for sure. I I think it was like a year into school that I like really discovered mountain biking. Previous to that, I always thought like mountain biking was, you know, going on gravel roads in like in the mountains and getting in the scenery. And I was like, yeah, that doesn't sound fun. But then I yeah. discovered there's a whole nother side, right?
0: What What got you, what like got you to the point where, where you wanted to try it? Like,
1: uh, It was mainly just I was going on a date with my now husband and he... Just moved down to St. George and he was working at a bike shop down there. And he was just like, hey, let's try this out on a date. And I would say, like, thank goodness I ended up liking mountain biking because he did not set me up for success. We like pull up and he took me, like, he took me to a black trail. This is my first <laughs> time ever mountain biking. Did he know and I that just you remember thinking ridden? like, yeah, and he's like, let's go. And I'm like riding down this like super chunky stuff, sitting on my seat. And he's like, Oh yeah, you gotta stand up. I'm like, oh, but (laughs) thankfully I like stuck with it and I ended up enjoying it, but I'm just thought never again, take a beginner on a black, maybe, maybe a green or, or a mild blue.
0: Right. Yeah. That's definitely, um, you must've been love at first sight because, uh, that's definitely a, that's a good way to break up.
1: Thankfully, I didn't crash or maybe things would have gone a little differently, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. My lady and I, we were just out um, having lunch with some friends. We went and did a little ride and she was talking about one of the first rides that we went on and uh, she had told me like when we were talking that she was a mountain biker. you know, like after you've been a mountain biker for a while, there's a lot of spread in that, that title, you know, and, and when I heard it, I just assumed that she was in the, the same zone that I was in, you know. And uh, we had like gone out the night before, probably a good solid night of drinking and got up the next day. And it was like, yeah, let's go. We're going to go do this ride. And it was like 100 degrees, like starts out with a good 1500 foot climb. And she, we got to the top of the, the the first climb and she's like, I'm over this, you know. And uh, I fortunately, it. it was the same situation as you where where somehow or another I, I squeezed my way out of it and, and 12 years later we're still together, but <laughs> it, was an memorable, it. it was not it was a memorable first ride for her. <laughs> yeah, that's that's too good. So um what what got you like what what made you find the passion then? So I mean you go on this date, is it just mm-hmm. like hey, I want to keep impressing this dude, or it's like you got the hunger for it, or how did it go?
1: So pretty soon after that, so that was, a, I would say, near the end of our dating. And we were married. And when we got married, he got me bike because he's just thought, all right, I'm probably going to be doing this a lot. And every now and then I want you to join. Right. Uh-huh. And I thought, OK. And soon I was going on rides with him and him and his friends would always go on bike trips. And I kind of told him, I said, hey, well, I want to go on a bike trip. And he kind of he pretty much just said, well, you're going to have to keep up with me and the boys. And so I was that was like in my head. I, was, I just thought I'm going to keep up with the boys, I'm gonna dedicate myself to be able to like get to that point. And I would uh-huh. say pretty soon, because I wanted to like go on these trips, uh, I kind of got my own friend group of girlfriends that we would go riding and I kind of set up a community. So I was able to go riding a lot to be able to get to that point, you know?
0: Yeah, so yeah. So I think
1: that's kind of what instilled the hunger in me. Yeah, you know, there
0: there's not a, I mean, there's definitely a lot more women riding now than there was oh, like, for like, sure. say, like 10 years ago. What do you find, like, comforting in in writing with other women?
1: Oh, well, I think one thing that I love is there's just a lot less pressure. Like, for Mm -hmm. example, uh, I don't know when I was starting off riding I would feel a lot of pressure to like keep up with like my husband and his friends I always felt like, like a little bit embarrassed if I was behind or slowing them yeah. down because I just thought oh I'm an inconvenience I don't want to be that um and so when you're riding with girls like even if there is like a big degree of or I guess like a wider spread of skill level I think I personally don't feel as like pressured or I don't yeah. feel like If I'm riding with someone slower, I don't feel like putting pressure on them. And Mm -hmm. so I think that like creates like a really nice environment for, uh, I guess, you know, like being a little bit more comfortable with trying things. Mm -hmm. And then also, I don't know, for me, when I go on rides with a bunch of girls, it ends up being more like a sessioning kind of, Mm -hmm. I guess, ride rather than, hey, let's just get down the hill. So I'm holding nobody up. It's, hey, let's stop. Let's look at this. Let's figure Mm -hmm. it out. And that's what I really love about girls rides.
0: Yeah, that's rad. I, I think, like, obviously it has, like, it's dependent on, like, who you're riding with. You know, like, certain oh, friend sure. groups are, like, even, like, when when it's just the guys. It's, like, some friend groups, it's, like, they just want to smash. I got a buddy. I call him single, Se- single Single Segment Brandon. Because, like, we start the ride, and if you let him in front, we're not stopping the ride until the end. You know, yeah, you just do a like, full pull. <laughs> yeah, because you're just like, where did he go? Well, I guess we're going to keep chasing him. And then he, like, sucks you into it, you know? But um, then there's other rides where it's, like, what you talked about, where it's like, hey, let's just have some fun and, like, mess around. And those are – I think they both have their place. You know what I mean? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I can understand, though. Like, I know um, the lady and I, we, we ride together. But, you know, there's a lot of time that we don't. And um, when when she's writing with other girls, she always feels like, like the way that they can explain things to each other for whatever reason, like girls just communicate differently with each other than us guys do. You know, like us guys were just like, shut up and do it. Just send it, you know, and they're like, no, this is what you need to do. And like, I don't know, I'm not trying to be like stereotypical by any means, but we definitely have different ways of communicating, you know what I mean? <laughs>
1: for sure like for example there was this one feature i have in mind where um like i was asking a guy friend how to do it and he's like oh yeah you just no break it and you just you go and you're like yeah. oh, okay and then i remember i watched <laughs> my same friend through that same spot later i'm like all right you get your body position here you want to look here this is the line and like walking her through it and like it literally took 5 minutes of discussion rather than yeah no break it and sit so <laughs> yeah. like yeah, yeah, definitely, those scenarios happen for sure.
0: Yeah, yeah, we um, we rely on on luck more than we do skill for the most part, right? <laughs> so yeah, I, I um, have
1: definitely done the fair share of that as well.
0: <laughs> right, right. So you you've part done a lot of riding all over the place too. You guys have done some traveling. I, I've seen a, a bunch of different places on your channel. What are What are some of the your your favorite spots you've been to?
1: Oh, I would say like up in BC definitely mm-hmm. has to be like some of my favorite riding, especially have you ever been to like Nelson?
0: Not yet. I haven't been up that Ooh. way. The furthest that place I've been is like Washington, Oregon kind of stuff.
1: Okay. Um, well, Nelson, I just thought it's like, it's a really like great spot for riding. I wouldn't say it's extremely popular, but it's just like a really pretty town. There's. It's like a drier part of BC, but you get like the slabs in there. You get mm-hmm. the, um, the, the nice long descents and sustained descents. And I don't know, it's a really pretty spot and definitely yeah. has a special place in my heart.
0: <laughs> Cause you guys were up in the Tahoe area too, weren't you at one point?
1: Mm, no, I don't think so. I think I'm mixing no. your chin off
0: with another one. I apologize.
1: Oh, um, you're fine.
0: It's all right. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, what, what kind of bike are you riding nowadays
1: oh i have a few yeah <laughs> it's actually quite a bit of a problem so i ride for fazari bicycles which they are a direct-to-consumer brand based out of utah where i'm from mm-hmm. um so i have i'm just looking at my bikes right now i have kind of the new lasalle peak the 2.0 which is like kind of like their big rig enduro bike uh encroaching on like freestyle bike that i recently got in the last month. And then I have my Delano, which is kind of like my trail bike. And she's like a beautiful peat, like coral color. Her name's Princess Peach. You name and then I, legs? uh, I, I named quite a bit of them. I feel like that one had to have a name. It was too colorful. Yeah. Uh, and then I have a hardtail, which, you know, just got to have the hardtail life. And then the e-bike, which I you know is pretty controversial, but I have one.
0: Yeah. How do you yeah. feel about that?
1: Um, the e-bike? Yeah. Ooh, I feel like...
0: Where do, you, where do you lay on the controversy?
1: I'm like in the middle. Like I have yeah. an e-bike, but I also understand since I've been on an e-bike and I know how much more you can ride...
0: Uh-huh. Um.
1: I just kind of think to myself like, okay, I'm I can get four times as much mileage in or whatever. Am yes. I really doing realistically four times much more trail work? Like that's one thing to me. It's like yes, I'm riding way more, and while I do try to do my best like for the community, I don't know if I like am doing extra extra because I own e bike, right? Yeah. Um, but then they're really fun. So yeah. I mean. <laughs> I I would say I'm like pretty neutral. Like I love it, but I also am like, huh, I can see like maybe if you're in an area that have multi-directional trails, like thankfully here in Mm -hmm. Bellingham, we don't have much of that. And so like I probably wouldn't run into someone as I'm going up, going faster than a normal bike and someone coming down. Like Mm -hmm. we don't have a lot of that here. But if you did live in a place where you had a lot of cross traffic, like that could be an issue too.
0: Yeah. You know, I never really thought of it in terms of like, trail work like you just said it that's actually a really interesting way to think about it because like you are putting that much more like let's just say laps like if we were thinking of it that way like I would do this lap and it would take me an hour and a half and if I knee bike maybe I would do three of them in the same night you know and and yeah do you do three times as much trail work that's a really good way I I appreciate that yeah it's a really good way of looking at it I am, I don't own one yet. There's zero chance that in the future that I don't own one though. You know what I mean? Like I a hundred percent want one. It's just a matter of like finances and um, other bikes that I want to buy. So it's like buy this one first sure. and I'll get that one, you know? And uh, yeah, I, I don't understand the, the, the negative aspects of, of it that people like have these like kind of weird opinions. But yeah. I will say that when I'm riding an analog bike with my friends that have an e bike, I'm irritated that I'm not on an e bike.
1: Oh, because for they're sure. just
0: zipping like, up these like super hard climbs, and you're just like,
1: oh. hold up, hold
0: up. <laughs> like I still want to put the work in on the climb, but it's like right now I would rather be doing like what they're doing right now.
1: Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, I agree. I so both me, and my husband have. The Wire Peak, the Fazari Wire Peak, which is their Mm -hmm. e-bike, and there was one time where I didn't bring mine and he brought his, and we were riding with a group Mm because his other bike was out of service, so he had to bring the e-bike. And I just remember thinking, like, Andrew, like he has that bike and he's like enjoying the climb, and I'm trying to keep up with all of his friends, and I'm having a hard time. Like, it definitely like. I don't know. There's some like bitter moments in your heart. Yeah. But then at the same time, it's like I've done the the towy thing with friends. Like if I only have one other friend with me and I want to ride my e-bike, I just bring tubes and like attach one for my seat and their handlebars. And it's like the best day for the both. of us. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So. I've seen some like one of the main reasons that I want to get one is there's an area pretty close to home here that we shuttle a lot. And
1: okay.
0: and I am like. certain that if we all had e-bikes, we would get more laps in than the time that it takes us to, like, set the trucks and everything.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: You know what I'm saying? And Yeah,
1: for sure. It's self-shuttle.
0: Yeah. And I've seen some groups. Yeah, also that. So it's like, hey, if there's three of us, like, we can only have three vehicles. But we could do just as many shuttle laps as if there was a day when we had, like, five trucks and we had everything all set up. You, You know what I mean? Yeah. So like that to me is like super appealing. And then on the other hand, I've also seen some groups like what you just said, where there's like five guys on e-bikes towing up five guys with no e-bikes. So there's like ten of them just like shuttle lapping, like having the time of their life. And uh, I'm like, that's that's rad. You know, Mm -hmm. it's not not going to make me get rid of my analog bike. But like those days, they're fun days, you know?
1: For sure and like with my e-bike i have so much fun with it and i kind of use it as like a training tool for when i don't want to ride my bike i'm taking like a easy day or a rest day then i take my e-bike so i can just get the downhill it's kind of like you know like we talked about self shuttling um but i it will never feel as good as a normal bike like a poppy light bike like they have their i guess pros where I feel mm-hmm. they feel great in corners they feel really planted and as a light rider I've had never felt that much traction in some places just having that extra weight but That's
0: funny. I'm nothing exactly, feels yeah.
1: better than just a normal bike
0: <laughs> yeah I know I hear you there for me um one of my friends when he first got his was telling me and he's like dude it's such a different ride that you once you ride one you'll understand that it's not replacing it And Mm -hmm. whenever I went out and borrowed one of of my other friends e-bikes, it was, I totally got what he was saying. Like the way that I would break into corners because it's so much heavier was like different the way that I would feel in the air, like everything, like it's just different. It's the same difference that I feel between, do I want to ride my hardtail or do I want to ride my full suspension, like six, six inch bike, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. And there's days where you're like, that's the one I'm picking. And there's other days where you're like picking that one. And I feel like... For sure. that That's how it would like play out with me with the e-bike. It's just it's, it's just a downer that, man, they're so expensive. There's not like a, a $3,000 e-bike. At least not one yeah. that you like enjoy mountain biking. You know what I mean?
1: For sure. Like I'm pretty sure the Wire Peak is on like the, the cheaper side of e-bikes. And I think the base... One starts at um like four grand.
0: Yeah. And that's yeah. like the
1: base. So.
0: That's pretty good though.
1: Yeah, it, it's the cheaper of e-bikes because I know like the transition one, I think they only have one model and one base and or I guess one component mm-hmm. set and it's nine or ten grand, something pretty crazy, like their repeater that they just made. So yeah. man, like e-bikes can be pricey.
0: Yeah, I think YT, I think they're they're like base models like high fives, low six, something like that. So and I mean that's like that's a lot of money. You know what I mean? Like, especially if you already have another bike in the garage, you know what I mean? Or mm-hmm. like two bikes and you know, it's like I I just I, I'm obviously deep in the throes of a of a bike, you know addiction. So I I have a lot of money in bikes, you know, and to think about paying another you know, six to 10 grand for another one. It's like, man, that's all. For
1: sure. And like, those are sometimes the base models where you're like, the components aren't like where you truly want them to be, you know? So like, it's like, oh, what do you want to do? You know?
0: Right. So where about in your college mountain biking career were you when you decided you're like, you know what? I think I should do a YouTube channel.
1: I would say it's like, hmm, it was like two years before I graduated. I just kind of was in this place where I started, I kind of started a Instagram and a YouTube pretty similarly, Uh or I guess close to each other where I thought, Hey, I want to like, I was trying to get support for races and also um, like for traveling for those races. And so I kind of started social media. That's like a nice way to like, it's almost where you approach a sponsor it's like well, here's my like portfolio you know it's easy mm-hmm. to like show their instagram and their youtube and so that's kind of how i started it and it kind of grew from there mm-hmm. yeah so
0: it like it it would do you well to be like hey this is the like social influence that i have even as a racer. yeah
1: that's and, interesting and I, right? it's funny because now i don't race that often anymore but yeah. I still bike a lot yeah and what then got- also what was that
0: no, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I'm like notorious was... for cutting people off. So I'm just <laughs> going to try to shut up every time I can.
1: <laughs> oh, you're good. Um, and then another thing that I kind of saw was on YouTube, like I was looking, I was really wanting to like improve a lot of my skills. And so I was doing a lot of like looking up how to's and such like that. And I just didn't see a lot of women rep- like representation. And so I wanted to be that and also kind of like create a community with learning skills and supporting everyone learning skills in mountain biking and kind of wanted to at least see more women representation in that. And that's another kind of like push of why I wanted to start
0: mm-hmm. like
1: my Instagram and YouTube as well.
0: Yeah. Wh- whose channel were you watching?
1: Uh, on the how to's it was everybody's. Yeah. I I like when I was looking, I guess like a year and a half ago, maybe two, I was learning how to wheelie and manual mm-hmm. and I seriously watched probably everyone's really a manual and YouTube videos just cause like everyone kind of said something slightly differently. And I was just thinking, I'm going to learn everything I can. But then in the end, it's like, you got to get out there and practice every day. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I usually, when I look up skills, I probably watch like three to four videos, maybe even mm-hmm. more if I'm really, I don't know, confused or trying to figure out all different perspectives.
0: So. Yeah. Yeah. I really, really want to learn how to manual but let me, let me quote myself from yesterday's ride. I really want to learn how to manual, except for, I don't want to spend any time learning how to do it. (laughs) Well, that
1: contradicts itself.
0: It's like this ridiculous expectation that I have in my mind that is like one day I'm just going to pull on the handlebars and I'm like, Oh my God, I got it. But, um, it actually doesn't work that way but i keep maybe if i keep talking about it one of these days i'm going to like full commit to actually learning how to do it because there's so many times where i'm like just riding down the trail and in my mind i feel like this would be a perfect time for a manual
1: yeah like this and feels I, like a great place for that
0: yeah i feel like it it's just like so playful it looks it just looks so fun and I, I will tell you that I watched your manual video
1: Okay, maybe so you- it was
0: a series or I know for sure there was like at least one where you like talked about like how you were learning and um it really inspired me because I was like that's it I'm gonna lock in like she did and then I get in."
1: <laughs> well thanks for watching I'm glad it inspired you for at least a moment right yeah
0: <laughs> but those all I feel like they're all building together like all the times that I'm inspired, eventually I'm going to be like, maybe i just run out of content for my own channel. I'm like, you know what? It's time for a manual video. I'm sure by the time I've, I've passed like the peak performance of how well that video could do, that's probably when I'll decide to do it.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> just missed the train. So what was what was the key to, to you, you learning how to manual?
1: Oh, well, you're not going to like this, but consistent practice. <laughs> yeah. So what I kind of did was, so I learned wheelies first. And I uh-huh. think like, I honestly had to learn how to learn skills with wheelies. Like at first I was going out and I would go out like an hour and like try to practice. I would get frustrated and then like leave it alone for a week or two and then come back to it. And then finally I kind of got in a groove where I would go out maybe like, three or four times so we could just practice for 15 minutes. And -hmm. in that way, I was like able to warm up, do some skills and then like stop before I got frustrated, like, oh, no, I'm not seeing progress because like both wheelies and manuals are pretty like complex skills. Yeah, like it's crazy now because you're like, wow, like for me now, it's like, wow, you just pop into a wheelie like you don't have to think much, but when you're learning, it is a lot to think about. Mm -hmm. And um, but anyway, after I was just practicing for 15 minutes and I would never get frustrated with myself because I didn't I only had 15 minutes to do it uh, after a few months of just doing or I guess practicing three to four times a week, it just all of a sudden just started to click. Mm -hmm. And I think it's yeah, it was really cool to be able to get that from wheelies and then go right into manuals and then knowing hey, no matter how sucky I am or how long it takes, I mm-hmm. know eventually with practicing consistently, you'll get there.
0: And yeah.
1: I think for me too, with manuals, it was pretty hard because I'm, I guess, kind of short for my bike size. My bike size is a medium and having it a 29er, or I guess it was. Um, I would say manuals are kind of hard for me um, mm-hmm. just because getting my weight back that far. So it, I did take I would say about like four, four four-ish months for me, I feel like to be able to get strong enough to and also learn the skill to get Mm -hmm. holding a manual for more than like five seconds. But uh, just like when you shut off your brain and like shut off the expectations of, and like the self-doubt of, oh man, you're not improving or this is going to take forever or it's going to be years. And once you like kind of shut that out and just kind of do your 15 minutes every few times a week, then eventually somehow the skill shows up.
0: Yeah, I feel like that 15 minute idea is is that's pretty solid because like you said it's not enough time to get like irritated with yourself and it's also like mm-hmm. short enough amount of time where you're like you know when you're sitting on the couch scrolling through Instagram you're like you know what it's only 15 minutes i can do 15
1: Yeah, minutes. for sure.
0: God, you're talking me into it.
1: Robert, do <laughs> it. I
0: Use need to manuals. do it. I really need to do it. I, I, oh man, I really want to, do you feel like learning the, the wheelie? Like, do you feel like that was good to learn that ahead of time? Or do you feel like, like you could have just gone straight to the manual? Do I have,
1: you to- could have, if you just want manuals, then I would say just go to manuals. Yeah. Like they're a different enough skill. Like I think the only thing that crosses over is a learning how to learn skills and learning how to practice. And then B is the brake modulation, but mm-hmm. the brake modulation is way more sensitive in a manual And so, like, if you're going to learn the skill and you, like, care, if you don't really care about wheelies as much, then I would just Mm -hmm. hop to the manuals. Like, I don't think you need to learn how to wheelie first.
0: Yeah, I I have, like, the budding career of a wheelie guy. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not good at them at all, but, like, I know how to pop it up. I'm not worried about, like, falling over backwards. Like, it's just not going to last very long. Or, you know what I mean? It's just, like, I kind of know what I'm doing. Like, I can see, like, it's very easy for me to visualize learning how to be a wheelie guy. But, like, my manual is, like, literally, like, hey, I'm going through this creek, and I can pull up my front wheel long enough for my back tire to roll through it, and that's it. It's really not even a manual. It's more of a, like, pull up the front wheel, and as soon as it hits its pinnacle, it's dropping. Mm. (laughs) So my manual my my manual career is is not even in in, in BC, So
1: it could happen though. That's for I sure. I feel
0: like it could. I really see you're doing good things. I saw a video on your channel or your Instagram or something that said it was like filmed by Ryan Leach. Does that sound familiar, familiar? Yeah. Did did you use any of his videos to help you?
1: Um. So I don't think it was like filmed by Ryan Leach, but I used his wheelie course.
0: Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Has, okay, gotcha. I, yeah. I had him on the podcast a long time ago and he has like a whole like skills training class that you can sign up for. And so you did use it? Yeah, I
1: found his stuff really helpful. Yeah, I like for sure would, would, I don't know, his stuff was really nice. Cause again, it was like a, every day, here's a lesson or spend like a week on this lesson, but it was kind of a self-paced thing and it was nice because it like gave you different drills each day or each Mm -hmm. week to do. So you didn't like get bored with just going out. But I would say when I was learning how to manual, I just kind of put the headphones in and just thought, I'm just going to, I'm just going to, you know, try to do it (laughs) on my own. And eventually clicked, but who knows, maybe I would have gotten it faster, but
0: Yeah, he was the other one that almost talked me into it. He even gave me a free membership to his website. He's like, "Look, dude, just follow my whatever it is. You know, like thirty days to a manual or whatever class." Uh I was like, "I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do a video series about it. It's gonna be awesome." And then I didn't do it. Have you ever watched the the YouTuber Mike Boyd?
1: I don't think I have.
0: He does like um, like he learns things. Like, I want to learn how to rip a phone book in half, right? And okay, he does gotcha. this process where it's like, I'm just going to try to figure it out myself first. And then, like, whenever I fail, then maybe at a certain point, I'm going to start looking it up. And But he times, like, the actual time that he's working on it. So it's not like, hey, it took me six months to learn it. It could have been six months, but it was really only, like, 15 hours.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. So like, so he timed the actual practice like, time.
0: Right, right. So, like, maybe one of like one of the things that he did was the phone book. One of the things he did was like, you know, sing the note to like shatter the glass. Or did he actually
1: shatter the glass? Yeah, yeah. He does all these. Yeah, yeah.
0: And like one of them was do a manual for like fifty meters or something like that. And like that's one hundred and fifty feet. That's like that's a legitimate like manual, you know?
1: Yeah, for sure. Like uh, you can say you know how to manual at that point.
0: Yeah, and when he did it, like I want to say the amount of time, let's just say it was like 15 hours, you know, and that was from like zero idea how to do it. And I I don't know exactly what the time was, but I remember whatever it was, it was like, it really made you think like, man, that's not actually a lot of time. Mm
1: -hmm. You know,
0: like when you think about it, like, oh, that's going to take me six months to do it. Like that seems so daunting. But when you look at it in like, like you with your 15 minutes, like how many 15 minutes, like Maybe it was only you know 10 hours until you like got it, you know, but 15 minutes at a time is oh man, see, I need to do it.
1: Duh, if you keep days, saying that, I'm gonna follow up.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna put you and Ryan Leach in my sub notes or like the 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 what do you call that when it's scrolling at the end of the video? Like the uh
1: like the credits, or I don't Credit. know.
0: Yeah, you guys are going okay. in the credits. You guys are going in the credits. It's gonna me, like special thanks. Like to, the
1: motivators. <laughs> right?
0: Python Flow and Ryan Leach. <laughs> and I'd have to be honorable mention to uh Jeff weed because that guy like manuals everywhere. I oh, think yeah, he, he manuals more than he rides bike.
1: Probably does. You know, Definitely you know, probably I mean, rides more on one wheel than two.
0: Yeah, yeah. It seems like every time that guy's riding, it's like one wheel. So when you started your channel, did you have any idea of like how to edit or video experience or camera experience in the past?
1: No, I feel like I'm still trying to figure that out. Um, Yeah, I I just kind of taught myself, uh, like the Instagram obviously came a little more natural than like the YouTube stuff. um, Because like, I don't know, I'm, I'm technically the barely cut off of Gen Z. So I should understand technology. So I understand like, social media a bit, but like the editing side, I like use Adobe Premiere and that was like a big mystery.
0: Oh my God, so yeah.
1: Definitely had to have a, a nice learning curve there.
0: Yeah. When I started. The, I actually started a project similar to what I'm doing now, like why when I bought Biker.com, I had this, this whole different idea and it was the learning how to edit that had stopped me for a few years. Actually, it was like I filmed all this stuff, and trying to learn how to edit was so overwhelming because I had this like, I mean, I'm sure like a lot of people, you you, you want it, it to be good, and you're like over analytical on yourself, and when it's not as you would expect on somebody who's done their first five edits, you know, like I, I was just beating myself up, and it was I, I, it paralyzed me, you know, and it is really like. I, I've been editing now at this point, What you know, with this, with the biker channels, God, it's been like four or five years and I'm still learning something every single time I edit. What did, what did you use to learn?
1: What did, oh, YouTube, YouTube Over, tutorials. Yeah. yeah like that morning. was, that's like kind of like, how did people learn before YouTube? I don't know.
0: <laughs> YouTube's perfect for me because I'm one of those, like I'm a visual learner. Mm-hmm. so it does very very good for me like i don't can you read something and be like oh yeah that's how i do it
1: i would say like medium
0: yeah I 50-50. Am not, <laughs> like there's a good chance like halfway through the first sentence i'm already thinking about something else like like, <laughs> like so add but like a good video like i can lock in you know and and uh it's yeah it's definitely definitely helps me out plus like it's, it's easy to, like, go back and just, like, oh, I remember this one guy's video. And, like, you either remember the name of their channel or this, oh, this one girl, she really explained how to do this, like, in a way that I got, you know? And um, then you can always, like, follow back up. It's not like you you get to learn it once and you have to remember it forever. Mm-hmm. What do you think the most challenging thing was whenever you started a channel?
1: Uh, I think it's, like, pretty similar to you is, like, having, like, the confidence to put it out there even though... You're like, I, I'm still learning. I don't know if like this is, I don't know. I guess like personally, you're you're comparing yourselves to like what people are putting out there and you just think, oh, well, I'm filming. I started just filming on my GoPro Hero 5 and I'm like, wow, it's, everyone's on the Hero 7 already, but here I am mm-hmm. with the 5 and uh, like me like barely doing any editing, just pretty much like splicing it together and maybe some color work. Um And so I guess like feeling confident to like put my content out there was probably the hardest part.
0: Yeah. Do you feel like it was even like more under a microscope because you're a woman?
1: You know, I actually feel like thankfully I had a a decent amount of support from like friends and Mm -hmm. family that were excited that I was putting out Mm -hmm. content and I don't feel like that way that Yeah. I wouldn't expect it, but I was, you
0: know, it was just a curious question, you know, that I I wasn't sure if like, you would feel like, kind of like, like, oh man, I need to keep up with the boys. Like when you were talking about, you you know what I mean? So Mm
1: -hmm.
0: I I don't know for me, like I I would, like, I feel that pressure from the other creators, no matter who they are. You you know what I mean? And I think that's that. I mean, if you're looking at YouTube as a whole, there's just as many, like females as there is males and there's a boatload of like seriously successful people that it's easy to just be like to always be judging yourself to that you know Mm
1: -hmm. yeah i would say out of like all the platforms so i have instagram tiktok and youtube and YouTube's still the one that like mystifies me a bit of like i don't quite get youtube yeah
0: (laughs) do you ever watch bobo yeah yeah he just did a video, I think it released this week, and he has this like, like, like the guys from YouTube like knocking on the door, and it's like the commenter, and he's like giving him a hard time. And one of them is the algorithm, and like the algorithm just doesn't even say anything. He just like shows up, just, knocks like, on sits the door.
1: Back
0: there. Yeah, just like flips him off and walks away. It's like, oh, yeah, that's so YouTube. Like, <laughs> you have no idea what the algorithm's doing, but you feel like no matter what, it doesn't like you. <laughs> At least so that's, that's a good reason. one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's pretty funny. What um? Do, do you remember the first time that, that you were standing in a parking lot with people around you and holding the camera out in front of you, just talking to it without anybody around you?
1: Uh, I don't know, but that was definitely something that like I had to get used to because I definitely feel like I felt... I don't know. People probably don't care. Right. They're like, oh, this person's like has this camera up. But I felt a little self-conscious. Yeah. uh, If like someone was walking in the distance and they probably would hear me. Um, But I kind of had to get over that. I felt the same way when I was go out and practicing skills because it's like, okay, here I am, an adult woman practicing like wheelies on a bike in the neighborhood where people are like, wow, my 10 year old kid tries to do that. You know, and you're like, well, it's either that or I'm not going to do it. I have to just kind of get over that like I guess slight self-conscious like thoughts in my head of just like let's just go for it.
0: Well then you can like one-up it too it's like here I am an adult woman or man out trying to do a wheelie with a camera on a tripod in front of me and, exactly,
1: I'm, yep. I'm, I'm, yes.
0: and you know you're 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 thinking what are my neighbors thinking about me right now like what do they think?
1: <laughs> For sure. Uh, like there's a high school that I'm right next to, and there's like their street is kind of the smoothest that I do my like skills on sometimes.
0: Mm-hmm. And I like
1: I'm trying to learn how to crank flip this year. And so I like put like my camera out. I'm like trying to do some crank flips. And I'm just thinking like, man, these high schoolers was walking by are probably like, what's going on? And then you just kind of got to get over it. Move on because you realize yeah, that yeah. life's too short to like care what everyone thinks, especially yeah. high schoolers, right?
0: Yeah, 100%. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> That's funny, man. See, you're out there doing crank flips and stuff now. Now I need to step it up. What the hell?
1: I haven't landed one on a jump yet. I can just do it like jumping up and doing it. On a you jump, can, it though? just seems way scary. I can just like jumping off my bike, flipping and landing. Uh huh. But I can't do it off of a jump because so, I'm scared.
0: <laughs> so like the bike's on the ground. But you can flip the pedals, like just jump into the air. Yep. wheel wheels are still on the ground, and then land mm-hmm. back on them. Well, yeah. I feel like you're there.
1: I, I, you say that, and like it should be that way. But then all of a sudden, you add in a lip of a jump, and you oh. add in airtime, and it, it just goes to crap. So, yeah, yeah. yeah that, <laughs> haven't quite either. gone there, but hopefully by the end of the year.
0: I mean, you haven't been riding that long, and you've overcome a lot of, of obstacles. How how do you how do you deal with fear?
1: I would say like it's definitely been a process um mm-hmm. where like before when I was biking, like I guess when I was starting it was more I would say I was a little more fearful, but I would try features maybe anyway and I was saying that's I think that's probably the part where I got like the most heart was like in my earlier biking stages where mm-hmm. I think I was riding. Like thirty percent skill, and then you know the rest confidence. <laughs> <laughs> That's good um, and then though. like it had my go. humbling period because it's like, all right, here we go. I broke my arm, got a concussion. Like okay, oh things are gonna have to change. Um, and then I would say after that, um, I guess like. I really work on skills in a safe environment and I do a really slow progression and I still feel like that's even more progression than like the risking it for the biscuit. Because then you end up getting Mm -hmm. hurt and then you're, I don't know, like out of commission for a month or two. Um, So I guess even though I feel like I've progressed, I I work on skills and I like build up to them. So Mm -hmm. like, for example, with the crank flip thing, you best believe I have shin guards. Like you best believe I've been doing it on the ground and I was doing it on the ground and feeling successful on the ground until I even thought about taking it to a jump and it was a baby jump. And then I just land on my butt. So I guess like I I try to take things in steps and with fear management, uh, I guess like usually unless I'm like 90% sure I can do or even 95% sure I can do a feature, I don't mm-hmm. do it. And if I just save it for another day and try to work up to it
0: yeah so you broke your arm how did you break your arm
1: ah man it was silly i just had an avulsion fracture so it wasn't like a full-on like my arm was halfway like it wasn't like
0: flopping in the wind yeah 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 yeah.
1: (laughs) thankfully it wasn't that but i was riding a new trail was falling behind some friends and i thought this was a certain roll because i kind of saw them like far in the distance was like oh i saw them drop away and so i went to roll it but it was like a really huge gap like not just like a roller gap but it's like it was a whole to narnia um and so i like went to roll and i'm like oh shoot like that thing is filled with logs and then also super deep so i just went to roll something that was a gap jump
0: yeah that
1: was yeah yeah, that's pretty much it
0: i've definitely gotten myself into those situations where you think it's a roller and at the last second you're like oh it's not mm -mm, does
1: not roll yeah
0: yeah sometimes you're fortunate enough that you you actually recognize it in enough time that you can, like in a sense of a gap, like you're screwed at that point. I know the other day when I, when, when we were in uh, Sedona, the last day we went back to Arizona and we are riding, or Arizona, up uh, to Phoenix and we were riding up okay. there. And I was going down this trail and it was kind of like what you were saying where it was like these little rock rolls and I seen like the guy in front of me go down and, and it was just like, oh, this is a rock roll like the, the other ones. And whenever I got right to the edge of it, it was like, that's not a roll, that's a drop. And it was like, I had fortunately just enough time that I could just like yank the handlebars as hard as I could and like came through it. But it was definitely one of those moments, like if that was a a gap, I wouldn't have been able to like clear the gap. You know, it would have Mm -hmm. been been a a shitty situation. So you can totally understand how that happens. That's crazy.
1: Yeah, thankfully that was like in my earlier I guess stages of mountain biking. And I feel like once you kind of become like a more seasoned biker, you can like start reading trails a little yeah. bit. Like sometimes those surprises happen, but like you're able to at least have, I don't know, some trail sense where you can kind of, you're looking ahead more. You kind of know how the trail probably should go. And then, like you yeah. said, you were able to save yourself and you have those reflexes to like, yeah. Oh crap, this is a drop. Yeah. Let's just scooter back.
0: Yeah. 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 Send it. Yeah. How, how long were you hurt?
1: Uh, I was like probably a month and a half was out of commission. So it yeah. wasn't too I mean, crazy. That's
0: a, that's a big injury though. I mean, that that's the kind of injury that, you know, when somebody's just starting, that that could be enough that it stops them, you know? What do you think? Yeah, I, I think it was going? really
1: hard coming back. Yeah. Uh, like getting that fear management of, oh no, like I don't want to get hurt again. But it's kind of like, if you're riding scared, you're more likely to get hurt. So it's kind of, you need to find a balance of riding loose. And I'm not saying that you get injured and you come back riding where you were before, like there's always definitely gonna be that workup period. Mm -hmm. But I I try not to ride scared because you're never as like confident and confidence goes a, a decent long way, so.
0: Yeah, it's one thing to say it, it's another thing to like actually like live that, you know? And I separated my shoulder a few years back and um, it was like six months that I couldn't ride and it realistically, it took me a couple years until I feel like I was really riding with the same confidence level that I did before that, you know? Like I was always like, you know what? I don't care about trying that. Or I was always like, eh, I don't wanna, like I was very, very concerned about getting injured again. And- As um, you get injured my fork failed so oh man it, that sucks it, yeah yeah and that was the thing i think that really like really made it worse was before that i always felt like i knew like if i get hurt i get hurt because i'm doing something like for sure like, too much you know and i i always thought like yeah if you get hurt and you know you're pushing it like you, you feel like like for lack of a better term it's like oh i deserved it you you know what i mean Like, does that make sense? Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, for sure. It's like, I caused this. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah, like I was risking it and the risk failed, you know, or like I was gambling and I I didn't win. And um, with that, it was like not even anything cool. Like it wasn't like, oh, I was doing this six foot drop. It was just like some mediocre, like rolling over this this little rock. And uh, at the time... I was riding a, a lefty i don't know if you're familiar with that fork, but it's oh not, yeah where it's just yeah. one
1: side was yeah before and the,
0: the the top of it like blew off and because of that like all the internals kind of came out and it dropped my headset to my front tire so it was like instant oh, front brake and yeah. um, just like whenever the handlebars you know and your normal like put your hand out and there you go you got a shoulder injury and uh for that i think it was like two parts it was like a i never really thought about like the bike failing as being a, a, like a way that I could get hurt. And then on the other end, it was like, I couldn't ride for six months and this is, this is my therapist. And like six months without seeing your therapist, like makes for a crazy person. So I didn't want to be a crazy person ever again. So it took me a really long time. Like right now, like I'm definitely riding at the, at the, the, like, in a way that I'm not con- like letting those kinds of fears be like controlling me. It's more like, mm-hmm. like, do I have the skill for this? Like, I feel like I'm like riding with the confidence that I rode with before, which is also like a little bit scary too. Because then you're like, am I going to get hurt again? Because I'm like not being conscious of that stuff. Mm-hmm. But you have to like ride a little bit out of your skill set to get better. Or,
1: yeah, I I don't know if I how I feel about that because yeah, I know like true. a lot of people will say like oh if you're not crashing you're not improving. I'm not um, saying
0: crashing. I'm just saying okay. like, you you have to be in an uncomfortable spot somewhere in your ride to to get better. You, you know what I'm saying there? I do. All right, and like I, I agree with you some a little bit for so those people um, listening he's giving me that look like shut the fuck up you're wrong so let's hear it (laughs) um
1: I definitely agree like you can have like your pushing moments but I honestly think deliberate practice is like what also helps you improve because you can you can go and like set up corner drills you can set up some jumping drills and like or I don't know whatever skill you're working on and you can like if you're intentionally practicing certain skills and not just going for rides, I think you progress a lot faster than just pushing yourself every ride. If that makes sense,
0: that so makes sense. And it's like against every like fiber of my body,
1: <laughs> <laughs> man. You're against practicing. Oh,
0: I'm so bad. My only practice is go ride there. more. Go ride more. Go ride more. Yeah. <laughs> oh God, I wish I would. Li- I wish I could listen to you. I'm sure my lady wishes I could listen to you because she probably feels the same way. Like seriously, dude. <laughs> yeah. So, man, you're speaking. You're speaking to me. I feel like we're coming back to the manual thing. I need to learn how to manual. Deliberate practice. What do you think? One of uh, like, like, what was the hardest skill for you to pick up? Was it like cornering, jumping, like just body position?
1: i would say it was front brake usage really so, like i i feel like that opened up mountain biking for me and it took me a while to like get it because i never really like truly was deliberately practicing um and so like what goes really with
0: me... deliberate practicing <laughs>
1: <laughs> so what helped me with that was like i was practicing stoppies and like i guess endos a little bit uh-huh. and just like feeling that brake control kind of like changed my riding where Instead, I was a little more backseat, I feel like in a lot of my riding, relying a little bit more on my legs. And then all of a sudden, I guess not all of a sudden, it took it took some time, but I was really trying to focus on using my front brake more. And then all of a sudden, like I went so you know, in and out burger. Have you like mm-hmm. seen videos of that? I guess so. After working on that, I can stop at In and Out Burger any place on In N Out Burger. Is That oh, really long slab.
0: When you first asked me, yeah, I was yeah. like, "Yeah, I know the restaurant." Oh, not <laughs> no.
1: Sorry, it's also the restaurant, but it's the, the, but it's the slab up in Squamish. So that a lot, of yeah. People ride?
0: Yeah, yeah. I've seen it um, on. I think um um Punter, Paul Punter. I think he sat on his channel a couple of times.
1: Okay, yeah, probably. It's like a really popular, like really. It, all the whole trail is just one slab, but being able to like be forward and on that front brake because I think a lot of people naturally don't want to be on their front brake because it's scary if you're going down something steep to yeah. lean forward when you're breaking down a longer surface or going down a steep surface yeah. um, i think that was really hard for me to like overcome all my instincts to like being back and just yeah. like using well both brakes, but like relying a little more heavy on the rear yeah. to like switch my mindset to hey this is scary and i'm starting to go fast i'm gonna lean forward and I'm yeah. going to get my body weight forward. I think that was kind of the harder skill for me to like.
0: Yeah, I've my always, brain. you know, there's a couple of things that you brought up and it's like, I've always been pretty much like an even breaker, like on both like front and back, you know, and what I would notice on those rolls is that I would overbrake. And because I wasn't actually pulling my front brake more than my rear, then my back wheel would end up breaking loose which slides your bike around and then like it all goes to shit right and um i i i understand what you're saying like when i finally on those rolls realized, like no you actually have to be like heavy on the front now and Mm -hmm. like barely on the back it definitely opened up like a, a a a lot for me on that where because that, when that back tire breaks loose and your ass end slides around on, on a roll like that, regardless of how steep it is, like that's scary. And then yeah, it's, it's like- Yeah, it's like
1: good luck trying to save that.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. my, like I used to ride BMX and we would do like endos and stuff like that. But when I did that when I was younger, usually we didn't have front brakes on our bike because we were always trying to keep our bike as light as possible. So if you were doing an endo, you did that by putting your foot in between your fork and your tire. So it would be like instantly. You imagine
1: going down in and out with your like
0: foot right? in your door. <laughs> but like what what the reason that I explained it that way is because like then the only way that I knew how to like, like get into that like endo position is like by when you're using your foot, it's like like instant stop, like instant like going up. And for a long time, I've actually been practicing this recently on my mountain bike, You've is been learning how yeah, that I have. This is one of the few things that I have been trying, is like yeah. learning that front brake because I really want to learn that endo turn, like on switchbacks, mm-hmm. and um, it's been really hard for me to like, like teach myself to grab the front brake enough to throw the weight forward. Like I know how to do it, like, like I could run into it like a tree, you know what I mean, and like do an endo and then roll back, like no problem. But I I have a hard time like. Getting my brain to like pull the front brake and you kind of have to like, like pump your weight a little bit forward to get it to leave, like leave the ground, you know? And, um, it's definitely been something interesting to like teach myself how to do against like the way that I knew how to do it as like, just stick your foot in the tire. You you know what I mean? Yeah. 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 It's definitely, um. It's, it's been interesting to say the least. So how do you feel about where your channel's at right now? I mean, you're at like, I think like 6,500 subscribers. Like, did you ever think you were going to be at 6,500 subscribers?
1: Uh, I don't know if I had like an idea for the YouTube. Um, Thankfully, like with Instagram and TikTok, I'm able like to do this as a career, and YouTube is kind of more of like the hobby side of what I do. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I- I've been enjoying it, and I'm stoked to like see it grow a bit. And um, like, I-, I just like really enjoy making some like long formed content with like a little mm-hmm. bit more of a story than like a 10 second reel. So
0: yeah. I- I've really how enjoyed it. How many followers do you have on TikTok and Instagram?
1: Uh I think TikTok is like 49,000 and then Instagram is like 22,000.
0: What do you think how do you, how do you get the the 50k on TikTok? What's the deal? Teach like me. how to get Yeah. How do I do it?
1: <laughs> Man, First like... you got to is... <laughs> First no no. Uh I mean TikTok is a mystery. I mean I don't know. I
0: are you what, I I mean, like what kind that, of content are you doing is it like comedy stuff or is it like how to or like what are you doing over there
1: i would say it's like a mix like you get some comedy stuff i've definitely done uh, like a how-to manual how to wheelie a lot of it i would say is a little bit more on the funny side
0: of mm-hmm. things
1: uh i don't know a little bit more goofy mm-hmm. uh i think like it's interesting because like you i bet you understand with like youtube and instagram each platform has like it's different desires, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like TikTok seems to be a little bit more lighthearted, um, like really fast and quick entertainment, mm-hmm. um, versus like the other demographic, or I guess other platforms.
0: Yeah, yeah. Do you ever do you ever see a normal MTV?
1: Yeah, yeah. His yeah. stuff is really funny.
0: Yeah, him and his brother, like they do that that um, their content together. I was riding with him like two weeks ago, and he was just saying like the numbers or like the amount of growth on TikTok compared to even Instagram. He's like, it's just like like three times as much or twice as much. Like, it's just, and it's not a medium that I'm like super familiar with. I I just posted my very first like short format video just the other day, and I did it like ex like as a pure test just to see like how the Different platforms pushed it out to the audiences, mm-hmm. and it was really interesting to me to see like just the pure number of like, hey, this is how many views it got, this is how many mm-hmm. comments it's got, this is how many shares it got for the exact same video. Like, I posted the video on Instagram as like a regular video, I posted it on Instagram as a reel, I posted it on YouTube as a short, and also on TikTok, and uh, it was really it was really interesting to see. I think the only downside was that on my my TikTok, that was the first thing I ever posted, so okay. I don't have a following to, like, make it get more recognition. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, how 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 did you start? You you said you started Instagram before you started YouTube? Yeah, I did. So like, did you have like maybe already six like, months before? So how big was your following on Instagram at that point? Like when you actually decided to do to YouTube?
1: I think like a few hundred. Was so it was like, still
0: pretty small then. Yeah, so it was pretty relatively, small. Relatively, they were starting at the same time then. Mm-hmm. And you're, you said you were like, you said 50,000 on TikTok. What was it on Instagram? I forget. 22,000. Oh, 22. That's yeah. still like really good numbers. I mean, yeah, yeah, it is. I mean, I know how I'm, dude, I'm on here every weekend telling people to sign up for like, go click the button on Instagram. And I mean, I have like 5,000 followers. So I feel like it's really hard
1: to like get people transfer over from like different platforms. You know, like that's why it's like when I, I sometimes post like the same videos to like my Instagram and TikTok and I feel that barely anyone sees both.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, even even heard some of the other creators. We were talking about that Slack group earlier and like some of them have been talking lately about on on YouTube even with the shorts, like seeing how that affected your subscriber growth. Like there's not a lot of like crossover. It's like people are watching that short term format or they're expecting that long format, like, you know, beautifully edited kind of sitcom kind of you know what I mean like mm-hmm. like when you said. higher
1: quality and a little longer
0: yeah yeah and, you know I I feel like like the other day whenever I posted that stuff I did it kind of like I need to learn how how you post on these platforms so then I can understand like how to use that as um like build my portfolio kind of like what you were talking mm-hmm. about like for racing it's like whenever i'm talking to a company about like a brand sponsorship or or even just like hey send me some product to check out like the first thing that they look at is like what's your social look like you know and yeah to be able to have decent numbers like like you have to make good content right so you have to learn how how to they're so different you know yeah what do you enjoy about TikTok?
1: Ah, I mean, I just love that uh, platform. I mean, maybe yeah. it's a little Gen Z in me. <laughs> yeah. But um, I would just say it's like on TikTok, you pretty much only scroll on like the explore page, the For You page, right? Uh-huh. And so you don't really see a lot of people that you know. And it's so I think that's like kind of one like, reprieve is you're not looking at your friends because it's great to catch up like oh yeah blah blah had a baby or blah you know like that's great to catch up but sometimes you just want to zone out and watch like mind numbing videos and that's what tiktok is
0: no tiktok's really good at that like i'd say out of any of the platforms like i mean instagram's kind of catching up to it in some sense of like what you were saying though i know like a couple years ago when i first tried tiktok it was like oh there went two hours and i don't know what i did with that two hours you know Just,
1: just moving this finger
0: yeah yeah that's it just up and down yeah so it's um the thing that's that's difficult for me is like i'm coming to that platform from a youtube perspective so okay the the way that i approach looking at those videos is like oh you have to like film and edit and like like just think in the terms of like Adobe premiere, you know, and and uh, that content you can make that content like all on your phone. Mm-hmm. You, you know what I mean? And that's the part where I feel like I I need to learn that, you know, is like even like Instagram, I was messing around with it yesterday. I made a little reel of my buddy and I was like, oh, this is how you add music. Oh this you know it's just like mm-hmm. the way that I think about creating that content is like a hundred percent from a YouTube perspective. And it's so different.
1: Yeah. And for me, it's like, sometimes the stuff that like you're proud about you're like, yeah, I put effort into this and it's like, you did it on Adobe Premiere. It's beautiful. Doesn't do as well as like, yes, you, you brought out your phone for two seconds, film two things. And then all of a sudden like people enjoy that and you're like, yeah. okay, I was on my way. Like, okay. There's one in mine that was just like, it was a heat wave here. And I just, like, was driving out. We were going shuttling during, like, a crazy heat wave. Which, uh-huh. like, good and bad decision. But, like, I was on the way out to, like, the mountain. Just, like, film these people on, like, the beach. Like, as I was driving by, and was, like, normal people in the heat wave. And I was, like, us in the heat wave. And that's all I did was, like, shuttling bikes versus, like, people on the beach. And it, like, yeah. did really well. And I was, like, I crafted a beautiful video way before this. Or, like, a week before this. And no one gave a crap. And then yeah, it's, yeah. like, so it's it's definitely like a mystery, but like people on there will enjoy for sure. Yeah. I'm still trying to figure it out.
0: Yeah, I feel like all of social media in that aspect is, it's like completely a crapshoot. Cause every video that I've ever put like my heart and soul into never like performs the way that I expected it. And
1: mm-hmm. it's usually like,
0: oh, I just threw this together. And you're like, oh, there you go. <laughs> it's just growing, you know? yeah. It's interesting, though, like with that platform, like, you don't really have like, I would say even on the subscriber side, like, do you do you notice like, do you have like repeat commenters that you feel like you kind of have like a friendship with?
1: Um, I would say there are a few, but like, yeah. it's much less than TikTok or sorry, much less than Instagram and YouTube. Yeah, Like, um, most people usually don't have like profile pictures of themselves and most people don't post videos themselves. So they're just like commentators. Um, and since TikTok has its format where you don't scroll through the people you follow, you mainly scroll through the for you page. You get a lot of new people seeing your stuff, but I wouldn't say you see a lot of like the people you follow. They are like, from what I know, they're changing their algorithm a bit to like, you will see, some people you follow throwing in there, but Mm. I wouldn't see it like create as at like a loyal audience if that makes sense, but you are seen by more people. So yeah, yeah, it's an interesting- you don't build a
0: community as much, it's just like build good content and like (laughs) that's that. Yeah, I heard that Instagram was changing their stuff to like show you the people that you follow more Instead of the way that it w- was doing it. And that's interesting. That's really, like... Because, like, with YouTube, there's people that, like, comment all the time. You kind of feel like you get to know them. You're, like... Mm-hmm. Like, after you've been doing it for a year or two, you're, like, yeah, this guy's been... Or this girl or whoever. Like, they've been, like, commenting all along. So, you 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 feel like you know them. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, yeah. For so, sure.
0: yeah, I definitely like even between Instagram and YouTube, like I definitely feel more connected to my YouTube subscribers than I do my Instagram followers. But, and it's weird too, whenever you find out like, oh, that's, you're this guy on YouTube? Like your name, they're like, their names aren't always the same. So you're like, wait a minute. (laughs) Yeah,
1: Yeah, I've definitely had that where, Like I was on the plane and there uh, was this person I recognized funnily enough his tattoos from this down like because uh-huh. uh have you ever heard of steezy Geezy? he's That's like rides her. for evil and he's just known for like really beautifully saturated uh like pov right uh-huh. and so all you see is like his arms down and i'll like leaned over I was like if you don't mind me asking asking is your instagram handle like steezy Geezy? he's like yeah i was like Hey, <laughs> like we we've talked a little bit before, like online. He's like, oh yeah, like, and it's just funny when you actually like connect that because like I didn't know what his face looked like, but I just thought, yeah, okay, here's this guy. He has an evil hat and he has tattoos. I'm like, this is probably him.
0: Yeah, you 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 put him in a stereotypical box. You're like, he looks like that kind of guy. <laughs> That's too funny.
1: But so, I was right, so.
0: Right? Yeah, no, no. And then on an airplane, too. I wonder if he's like, oh, God, here we go. You're all fanboying out. <laughs> Have you ever been, like, recognized out in public like that?
1: Yeah, it's happened before, yeah. yeah.
0: kind of weird, huh?
1: Yeah, I, I was telling, like, uh, it happened a few times at the Sedona Festival. And, like, my friends were like, oh, yeah, like, you do a good job with it. And I'm like, I never know what to say. Like, yeah. And you're like, oh, hello, like, great riding with you, like or great seeing you. And like, you do like a little chatting, and then you're like, okay. Like, yeah. <laughs> I just, I just, I feel like it's, I don't know how to react. Maybe I'm an yeah. awkward soul at heart, yeah. but, but yeah. I guess I'm learning.
0: You're all some, some like 45 year old fat guy freaking tried to tell me he was friends with me on, <laughs> on the side of the trail in Sedona. <laughs> it was so awkward.
1: But look, we made this connection.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, it worked out. <laughs>
1: no, if anyone's awkward, it's, it's definitely it's definitely on my side of things.
0: <laughs> yeah, I um, I do. But well. I'm always,
1: I'm always like really stoked and happy when like people do approach me because it's like, hey, like it's great to feel recognized and like I love to like I don't know at least get their name and yeah, and I enjoy it. I just personally am an awkward person a little bit, so. Yeah
0: yeah no 100 percent. no it feels really good to get recognized and the thing that i hate reading the most is like whenever somebody's like oh i saw you on like x trail and i just didn't want to bother you and it's like dude like seriously come up and say hi yeah, like say
1: hello yeah, for sure like, like, like this face isn't that intimidating like right? you can say yeah, hello anytime yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah so yeah and it's like mm. i don't know i mean I would, if if I followed, or if I was more of like looking at somebody from like the, the perspective of a subscriber, like I would be really excited to like meet that person. And if I saw them and I didn't take that opportunity to say hello, I would like kick myself in the butt for it later. You know what I mean? Like, why didn't I just say hi? You know? And so I try to like be as, as welcoming as I can to people so that when they have that experience, like it's a good one because... Um, I don't want them to be like, man. I, re- I saw that biker guy on the trail. He was a dick. You know, like, yeah,
1: he's a jerk.
0: Yeah, like yeah. he just acts all friendly on video. You, you know what I mean? Like, like yeah, for sure. So I don't know. So how did yeah? You I've kind of go,
1: I've a, go
0: sorry. ahead. No, no. I'm uh, I was
1: just saying, like, uh, like I've ran into some of the other YouTubers too, and like they have always been excited to talk yeah. to like me or, or I've seen him like interact with other people and they're just stoked. like for example around like, like Kyle Warner and yeah. we have like talked briefly on social media but been ever in person he was just like hey and like offered a hug I was like oh like yeah. he's so kind and I also just think like that's what a lot of uh people like in the mountain biking community if they're on yeah. social media or like um like there's someone that you recognize, they are so willing to talk to you or they're excited that you recognize them. And I think that no one should feel too nervous to say hi, even if they're awkward like me.
0: Yeah, yeah. You have to be awkward together, right? <laughs> <laughs> how how did you go from like this person in college just learning how to ride bikes to being a social media influencer to riding for a bike company like how does this like fazari thing come together
1: i would say a lot of it was like consistency in all things like you said like well like we talked about practice which i know (laughs) is your favorite so that like i would say is a lot of the biking skill Uh part is I love the feeling of progressing on the bike so I make that a focus and then also with like social media I made sure to stay consistent like I didn't have any like huge break right like where it wasn't like wow I started my social media and then all of a sudden I woke up and like had 22,000 subscribers like it was a pretty slow but steady growth mm-hmm. uh, but I just have found myself riding a lot and I enjoyed making or getting videos. And I just kept posting them. And uh, I love to get creative with my mountain bike content. And mm-hmm. so I think like the slow progression, and then also not being afraid to ask for, I guess, like sponsorships. Because mm-hmm. uh, that was one thing where I was nervous, like, oh, no, like, I don't deserve this. I shouldn't ask. But if you never ask, you never know. And like, mm-hmm. plenty of people said no to me. But then you get few yeses and then like after a few yeses we we're like hey like look at this like all these brands are supporting her maybe we should support her mm-hmm. um, and so I think it was the consistency of reaching out and even not getting discouraged when you hear a lot of no's
0: yeah yeah yeah. I th- I think I fall into that spot where you're explaining where it's like I'm always like oh I need to be a little bit better before I approach them you know and in some cases I've definitely like I feel like I've like, 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 like batted outside of my league in some places where like my channel was small and I was getting some some things that were maybe bigger than that. And then in other cases, like for whatever reason, like I beat myself before I even give give myself the chance. You know,
1: mm-hmm.
0: it's tough to know that that's you know the confidence is, is like it's hard. You know, it's hard to hard to put yourself out there and and. Um, like, feel like you're worth it. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. I, I definitely yeah. struggled with that, but I kind of had to eventually push past that and think, well, the worst they can say is no.
0: Yeah, yeah. You know,
1: like, you can put yourself out there and they can think, wait, who is this person? Like, why are they asking for this? But the worst they can say is no. And then you just move yeah. on. Or you come back later or you try to convince them it's a yes. So
0: Yeah. So for like the bike, the bike stuff, you're just sending emails, all these bike companies like, Hey, you want to send me a free bike?
1: Uh, So with Fazari, it started off where I was an ambassador for them first. Uh But um, so like the first maybe six months, I was just like a base level ambassador where, you know, you get you get some deals. um, But eventually, like, I just that would
0: be like, they give you a discount on a bike and then yeah, like the base
1: level type of stuff.
0: Yeah, yep. I'm trying to paint um, the picture for people that aren't in the industry. So, like, okay. they give you they give you a a percentage, like a, a discount on a bike, and then they're expecting you to like promote the bike so that they are getting sales.
1: Yeah, for sure. Right. Um, and so I knew I like, wanted to, yeah, and I knew I wanted to go with Fazari because they're like I loved their bikes. They were direct to consumer, so they're a little bit like cheaper for the bike that you like can get. Mm-hmm. Like you get a great quality bike for a little bit less of the price and they were also based out in Utah. So I kind of felt that connection and I pretty much, I just uh, reached out and was like trying to get race support. And at, at first I heard enough, but then I just kind of kept coming back. So, yeah. um, and then thankfully, like I've just like started growing with them and they've been like an awesome company to support me and my growth. Cause when mm-hmm. I first asked for, support. I was a little bit smaller, but I was, I was hopeful for the future. And I was telling them, I was like, I think I have a chance. You should take a chance on me type of thing. And thankfully I was able to grow with them. And then I also have like gotten a lot of other great sponsors along the way. So Uh that's kind of my journey.
0: Yeah. I am the first company that ever like Matt, like the first biking related company that ever like gave me some product for free was, was Cali. So Cali protectives, they do like helmets and protective gear and stuff like that. And, um, I really enjoyed that company a lot because it made me realize like how small some of the companies are that you Mm -hmm. assume are like these huge things. And then like to get to know the people that work there and realize like, like these are real, like people, like real, like writers, like not and like it's like probably like, a
1: five-man show or something yeah like
0: yeah you know it's like not some like suit that's like you know just collecting this like bike paycheck every week you know and um i really like i love cali's products but i love cali as a company more than i love cali's products you know for sure and um one of the only other companies that i've Felt that way about when I talked to them was the guys at Fazari. I had oh really, that's yeah,
1: awesome.
0: Yeah, I had them on uh, my podcast a long time ago, and I'm like sitting here trying to think of the the marketing guy's name over there because I ran into him at Sedona, and and we were talking about like getting him back on the podcast again. But I remember was it Tyler
1: off- by chance, or Sven? yeah, I
0: think so. Yeah, yeah, I think okay. it's Tyler. What was the other name you said? Sven? No, it's definitely Tyler. Okay. Um, I would remember, remember the other one. Um, but yeah, um, and I, he, I was talking to him, I was like, you know, dude, we should get on the, the podcast and talk. Cause when I, wh- like the conversation that I had, the reason that I like Callie so much is like Brad, you can tell he, that's the owner, the, the founder, like you can tell he like truly cares about safety and, and his customer, like he cares about them, like, like, this is something that I'm putting on my kid, and you, you know yeah. what I mean. Like that's like the, the 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 passion that he has for safety, and when it like like you can tell he truly like cares about his customers, and that podcast that I did with Fazari, it was the same thing. It was like they really care, like they're really trying to like get a good build for people and a good price, mm-hmm. and like they do that thing where it's like, they fit the bike like a hundred percent to.
1: Yeah. Like the 23 point system. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Like that's, that's super rad. Like you don't get that from, from Yeti. You don't get that from Mm -hmm. Santa Cruz. You don't walk into like a bike shop and be like, Hey, uh, can you guys tell me exactly like which size handlebars I'm going to get? They're like, no, exactly. The ones that come with it. And that's it. Shut up. Give us the money. Get out of here. You know, like, like, yeah. yeah, Not to say there's other brands aren't good, but like, like they're really ter- they're really trying hard to take care of their people and i think that like to me like you know that makes you want to spend your money with them you know
1: mm-hmm. for what sure what do you like about them oh, i think it's really cool that they are like correct me if i'm wrong but they're probably one of the only brands that is like the direct-to-consumer that does like the 30-day Write it love it or like send it back for free guarantee type no, thing oh cool, yeah yeah so you can like think oh i like i really think the lasalle peak is one for me and you get it and you're like Ugh, this is not the one for me they will pay you like pay the shipping to like bring it back like you don't even have to pay your shipping back and then you get your money back within a 30 yeah. 30 day period and i think that's really cool because while their bike brand is like yeah take this yeti out for a month, we don't like it. We'll take it back. Like, I don't right. think any other brand does that. Um, yeah. Thankfully, I don't think they got a lot of bikes back. Uh, yeah. But I think that like says a lot about yeah. like them as a company and their right. bikes as well. Um, yeah, I think I think that's one thing that's really cool about them.
0: Yeah, no, because that's definitely some like that's some confidence. You know, it's like you ride this, you're not sending it back. <laughs> yeah. it's like
1: good luck. Yeah, you're right. committed now.
0: Which uh I mean you have a whole you have the whole gamut over there. Like which one do you like the most?
1: Oh, that's a hard question. Um like right now I think the new LaSalle uh 2.0 uh-huh. is my favorite, but it's also like the newest one. So it's like kind of hard because you know when you get a new bike, it's always like, yeah, yeah it's the shiny new toy. Um uh, but they all kind of like I don't know, I they all kind of ride their they have their certain trails that I feel like they're best at. Uh-huh. So, like, if it's like a what, super what wet the day. Is that,
0: is that like the, oh, that's
1: our big bike.
0: Okay, so that's, like, that the full squidges is 29er, or?
1: Yeah, so I have it mulleted, but it's, uh, cause I guess when you get it from Fazari, it's 170-170. Mm-hmm. But I just put a dual crown on it. Oh, snap. Yeah, because it's, it's compatible with a 200. Oh, um, wow. And so it's gonna be kind of like my park bike that I can still pedal. Uh huh. Um, and then yeah, so I really like that bike. I feel like it can take anything. Uh then like the Delano's the like the trail bike that's 150, 135. Uh-huh. Travel. And that one's just like super poppy. So
0: and... fun. Yeah, it has to be fun bike.
1: Oh, my yeah. My top
0: was is like in that space. It's like one 140, 120 or something like that.
1: Okay, nice. And, uh
0: I ride, I like definitely put that bike in places it shouldn't be. And it Makes always more fun, surprises though. me, you know what I mean? It always surprises me like how well that, that platform does. Like that bike has made me go on this like campaign over the last six months or so of like telling most people who are ever biked. Like that bike really That's made sweet. me realize it. You know what I mean? Like there's definitely some, like my Bronson has, 160, 150 or 160, 160. I don't know. Something like that. Like that bike, it it definitely feels a lot better when you're in a lot of chunk all day long. But for the most part, most trails aren't that chunky. You you know what I mean? Like when you're, Mm -hmm. I don't know, maybe it's a little different where you live, but like where I live, like if I'm being honest, like 80% of the trails are XC and 20% of the trails are like, like, Maybe we'll call them enduro, right? And really out of those enduro ones, like it's probably only like 20% of the trail that's actually like super chunky. The rest of it's still like pedally XC, right? You know, so to have a bike that can really handle all that pedally stuff.
1: For sure. Sometimes,
0: yeah, it's a little oversubscribed and you hear that fork bottom out, you're like, oh shit. Found the bottom, you know, but for the most part,
1: yeah,
0: yeah, you know, but for the most part, the bike is like, it's gonna take care of you, and I feel like it's just, it's so fun to have that, that pedaling platform that'll really get you somewhere, but, um, not be bogging down because of the suspension.
1: Yeah, I feel like I can do. Everything on my Delano that I can on my bigger bike, it's just it feels a lot more comfortable on the bigger yeah. bike.
0: Yeah, yeah when it gets
1: to the rough stuff. Like I can get down everything that I could on like so a bike with more travel. Yeah. It's just how good do my arms feel afterwards.
0: Exactly. Exactly. I did this um this ride in this area called Mills Peak, and um everybody had told me before I went there, they're like, Oh yeah, it's real peddly, but nobody mentioned that. It's pedally and like baby heads the whole time. So like I had took my tall boy and and I made it. I mean, we had a good time, but it was definitely like, we did two laps. It's like an eight mile trail and like we did two laps and it was by the end of the second lap, my body was, I was feeling it, you know? And when I went back to that trail with my Bronson that had more suspension, it was like, oh my God, this trail is so fun, you know, (laughs) instead of like, fun yes but i'm making it through it it was like fun and i'm like popping off of like little side hits and stuff like that you know like so definitely there's times when when the right amount of suspension is is the right thing right (laughs) for sure how do you feel about the uh the social media community have you had like you feel like you're pretty like entwined with it you kind of the loner out there or you got some people you (laughs) you Create with.
1: What do you mean by that? Like the social community as like other influencers or yeah. social community like my followers?
0: Um, well, we could start with the other influencers because that, okay. that's what I was thinking. So
1: I would feel like I'm I know a lot of them, but I would say I'm like a little bit of a loner on that side mm-hmm. of things. Like I, I know Josh pretty well, I know Jeff pretty well. They both live in town, they're both great mm-hmm. people. And like I would say I'm friendly with when I was down the Sedona, like festival. I'm friendly with others, but I won't say I'm in that tight-knit community. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And But like, I don't know, maybe I'm like half and half, because like, mm-hmm. I also like have run them with like Van like Girl Yuka, Yuka and then Eric, and they've gone down and they've reached out to me before, and so like I'm like, I would say I'm half in and out. Like I'm not on that mm-hmm. Slack anymore. Um, yeah, yeah. That, that group. And yeah. I'm open to like meeting up, but I wouldn't say I'm hunting that because I know like Josh and some of the other people, they were doing like races and whistler together Mm -hmm. and they were were, like meeting up. So I'm not in quite a, like a meetup in the crew, but Mm -hmm. um, I kind of do my own thing a lot of the times too. Mm -hmm.
0: Do you ride a lot by yourself or do you normally ride with other people or?
1: I would say it's 50-50. I ride a lot. So it'd be a lot on my friends to ride with me all the time. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, I, in Bellingham, it has an amazing ladies community. Mm -hmm. I'm like, we have a lot of people on bikes here. And so it's really easy to find people to ride with. I ride with my husband quite a bit. So I would say like 70% of the time I'm riding with friends and then like the other 30% riding alone.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I ride a a ton too. Like on a good week, seven days, (laughs) On a, oh, that's slow, awesome. on a slow week, maybe four. You, you know what I mean? And um mm-hmm. I, I can I can relate with you, you know, you can't expect your friends to always ride whenever you can. And it's like when you ride that much, it's I don't know, at least with me, um your your times are not predictable. You know what I mean? Like one day it may be I'm riding at 7am and one day I'm riding at 1230 and one day I'm riding at seven o'clock at night and it's a night ride. You know what I mean? So like you just kind of do what you can do. But I, I try to ride with people more often than not, but I feel like those solo rides are, they're really good for your soul.
1: Yeah. You know, for sure.
0: Yeah. Some days you can go out and you can just like hammer by yourself. And like, there's nobody to wait for at the top of the hill or nobody to like, maybe push you too hard where you're in, you know what I mean? But then there's other rides. Like the other day I went out and I really didn't, you know, those days where you you don't necessarily feel like pedaling, but you like, but you do want to ride your bike.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: And I went on one of those rides. Yeah, exactly. That's where I need an (laughs) e-bike. But I went on a ride like like that, and it was, you know, the way that I explained my pace to somebody, it was like, if you took a friend out that was riding for their first time, that's the pace that I was keeping by myself. You know what I mean? Where it was like, zero fucks given, like, anytime you saw a pretty flower, you're just like, oh, Instagrammy, you know, you just stop or whatever, and you're like, not thinking about your time on a climb or a downhill or anything, and. Those feel good, you know, where you like roll up to that rock that you've actually never looked at and stop and, and look at like, oh, there's a line here. or Oh, there's a li- line there. And I, I feel like those are important and I can never get that kind of um, freedom, let's just say, when you're riding with friends. Okay, yeah. You know what I mean?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But on the other hand, like, I don't know, it's it's definitely... Like there's nothing like getting to the bottom of the trail and like fist bumping with your buddies and stuff, you know.
1: Yeah, or like you're doing like a jump line train and you just know you have four other people behind you and you just think this is this is pretty some like fun energy right here.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's definitely like that adrenaline, I think, is what you I think that's what hooks people, right? You know that feeling you, you can't ever get rid of it, like wanting it more, you know. <laughs> Yeah. What draws you to riding?
1: I think, like you said, the, the adrenaline seeking thing a little bit. Um, I really like just looking back and seeing the progression mm-hmm. and I guess like mountain biking kind of like solves all my needs, right? You get like your social interaction from mm-hmm. going on the group rides, you get that physical, uh, like satisfaction of like, Hey, I got some exercise and then you get that brain stimulation from going downhill. And I feel Ooh. that I don't know. Combine those all together is a pretty neat thing to do, and a pretty good way to spend your time.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you said this is this is your full time gig. You're not. You don't have. A, you don't have a day job.
1: Nope. But this is, thankfully and somehow is my day job through. Yeah. Uh, persistence. Yeah.
0: So did you? I, I assume You ended up graduating college. I did. Yeah. Yeah. I
1: graduated right before COVID hit. Well, I guess. During COVID hitting.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah. So, like, so it was pretty easy for you then to make the transition into just, you know what, I'm going to be an influencer.
1: Yeah, that's kind of like was (laughs) another big push. I just thought, like, great. I just graduated into the middle of COVID, like, because I graduated, I guess, mid March of 2020. So, that was, I guess, wasn't COVID for the rest of the world, but it was COVID for Washington because that's where it started. Uh And so they closed down the schools, they closed down everything. I just thought, this is the time. This is a sign. I better to yeah. start it. <laughs> yeah, like start like getting really serious into it. So yeah. Uh
0: huh. So then your husband, he ended up like finishing his masters that he was working on. He he's working in nursing. He like he's like yeah, I ride for Cesare too. <laughs> uh
1: no. So he is in. So he's a PhD student that he is in a program in New Zealand, but we oh, can't cool. get over there because of COVID. So he's doing online until we open up. So oh, wow. when they open up, we'll be heading that way.
0: Oh, that'll be rad for the like channel and the content, huh?
1: Yeah, it'll be really have, cool.
0: Have you ever ridden in New Zealand?
1: No, I haven't, but I've only heard good things. So I'm looking yeah. forward to it.
0: It looks like the like mountain bike mecca, doesn't it? It's so beautiful. Like all the videos I've seen and stuff. So so cool. How how who would be um, out of other influencers that you met? Who was somebody that you met that you were kind of like fanboying on whenever you met him?
1: Oh, Remy. Uh, is it Medier? Is that how you pronounce his yeah, name? Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I just Mid- pronounce
0: Mid- people's names however I feel. I always say Metallier, but, but I don't know. Okay. Remy, Metallier, or Medier.
1: <laughs> <laughs> anyway, he's like what I want to become. I want to become a girl version of Remy in the yeah. sense that I want to be slab riding. That like yeah. looks so fun and I love slabs and I think that's like the person I was like at the festival is like, hi, Remy.
0: Like, yeah. Hey. Yeah. He's, yeah, he, he's a pretty
1: awesome writer.
0: Yeah. Like unbelievably awesome. I was watching uh, that, that, uh white line video that he did the other day. And uh, he, it, when they zoom out, like when they're like panned out and they're watching him like pedal across the, the white, line, the white line, you know, like he's hammering that. Like you're full on like, sprint kind of pedal it's just mm-hmm. insane did, have you did you go up there when you were up there in, in sedona
1: no you should I should go like if you go back to sedona line.
0: just go up there just to like see it in person and then oh, think i bet about, it's scary <laughs> oh yeah it's insane like I'm, I'm i'm afraid of heights so for me like it was it was definitely it was probably more more fear than than actuality you know what i mean for me mm-hmm. but it is like it—it it is definitely you're like holy crap you're on the side of like a, a freaking cliff this is insane and then to think about like pinning it the way that you're watching him pedal across is like that's nuts i watched him i watched another video i think it was like nate hill and he's like going across it and there's like this little like ravine kind of in the middle of that like like a little like like finger, you know, and he like hits this little thing and like does like a little jump on it where like people are like barely trying to like pedal and to see somebody hit it like that, it's just, it's unbelievable.
1: Yeah, different breed of human for sure.
0: Yeah. You know, but like whenever somebody is doing that, like or riding at that level, you have to remember like at some point they were at the exact place as you. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that's a good thing to keep in mind, you know, that it's not like they just got on their bike one day and they were Remy Metallica. You know what I mean? I hope that we're saying his name right.
1: (laughs) Maybe we'll have to look it up afterwards. Yeah.
0: I was meaning to reach out to him recently. I was thinking um, that I'd say something to him. He's on that Slack group. And uh, I was like, you know what? I've never asked that dude if he wanted to be on the, the podcast. I was like, I should do that. I should probably figure out how to say his name first, though, huh? Yeah,
1: maybe look it up before him, or just never say his last name. Just say Remy. I'm
0: just gonna it mess up. it up, and I'm 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 so good at Remi messing M. up people. Yeah, I'm really good at messing up people's names, like, and then like doing it on purpose and and making it seem like it's a good thing. So at least it feels that way to me. When I was talking to, uh, I think her last name is actually Munviv. Heather Heather Munviv. Have you ever seen her on YouTube? Yeah, yeah. But I always say Munaviv because I just feel like it should have another syllable in it. And she's like so lighthearted. She's like, yeah, that's totally cool. I was like, sweet, that's your new name. <laughs> so she was uh, um, she was she was a, a really fun person to talk to. And you know, another one of, of the the few lady influencers out there. If you were talking to some other lady that wanted to get started in, in kind of in your space, like what kind of advice would you give her?
1: I would say like pick kind of your mission of why you're posting content and then be consistent. Those Mm -hmm. are the two things that I would probably recommend to someone trying Mm -hmm. to get into the mountain biking influencer space.
0: Yeah. What's, what's your why?
1: My way is I want to show realistic progression, kind of like we've been talking about skills this whole time. And I want to show that, hey, you can it doesn't take one hour session like some. I feel like some YouTube videos are like how to in five minutes. And you're like, wait, that's that's not realistic. You're not going to learn how to perfectly bunny hop five minutes unless you knew how to previously do it. Um, So I really wanted to show uh realistic progression and then also kind of showed the goofy side of mountain biking in the fun environment that uh, like i do a, a fair bit of content with a lot of my lady friends and so just like the fun environment that comes from a bunch of girls riding
0: mm-hmm. so you did a v- video series or the video that you did about sedona you, you and a bunch of your, your girlfriends took a road trip
1: yeah we did it was it was fun we did get stuck in the mud and had that slight panic Yeah. So how did that happen?
0: Because I'm watching the camera. I'm like, how are they that far off the road? I don't even understand how this happens.
1: So we were going to the hot springs that uh, are between like Layton, Utah and St. George. Uh And there are these really cool like free hot springs that you can go visit. And we missed the turn. So we're like, hey, turn around. And there was a gravel pullout But my friend Mel. She's like, wanted to show off a little bit and do like a spin out in the mud. Then she pulled off and like instantly sunk down because it was crazy deep and like solid mud and we're like oh, no we're not moving and she goes I know we can't so we all had to get out and push and throw gravel underneath to get us out so but we did <laughs> yeah. we did we needed no man we got out there
0: when you so. when I saw in the video you're like oh we're throwing gravel under the tire and I was like this isn't gonna work and then you're like we got out I was like oh my god that worked. <laughs> That was pretty cool, yeah.
1: Thankfully, or and all of us pushing, so
0: yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So then you, you were like covered in mud, and now you have to still make the other like six hour drive or whatever it was to, to Sedona, or
1: thankfully, we got to soak in the hot springs after that. So. Oh, so
0: that was before the hot springs, then
1: yeah, that was we missed the turn to the hot springs, uh, and then we just camped in St. George and then headed to Sedona after that. That's cool, yeah, that,
0: that's really cool. What do, um, what what would you say your favorite memory from the road trip was?
1: I think it was like all of us riding Highline. Um, yeah, we like all of us ladies that went, we have like varying levels of like skills and talents. And it was really mm-hmm. cool to like all encourage each other on like mm-hmm. certain features. And we like all pushed ourselves a bit. And it was cool to see a lot of people or not a lot of people, but my friends like overcome some stuff on a bike. And yeah. I think that was probably my favorite part.
0: I think that's the best trail in in Sedona.
1: Oh, it's pretty awesome for sure. I
0: think I think it really just has like the right amount of mix for everything, like like it's got shitty climb, it's got decent climb, it's got like technical climb that you have to be like extremely good for, and then it has somewhere like like oh, I made that thing that I didn't quite think that I was going to, and then like. When you come back, like maybe the one that you didn't get, you you do get. And then once it opens up, like, well, as anything in Sedona, I mean, the view up at the top, right? I mean, is just yeah, phenomenal. mind blowing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You're like, oh my God, I feel like I'm on top of the world right now. And then like the downhill section, I mean in in reality, there's there's a few sections that are that are like high on the skill set side. But a lot of it is just like it's just really fun, like really fun fast kind of stuff that that you don't have to be like a pro rider or like this expert level like I feel like like when you name a trail like that in Sedona that people think that they have to be like better than what they actually have to be to ride that. You know? Yeah. And like, once you get to, I don't know what you call the, the, like the gorge or the waterfall or what do you, what would you call that section? Like, like when it gets super technical, that like, it's like the little narrow kind of like, you know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah. Like, I don't know. Like the, I would say call it a waterfall or like this, the ravine area.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like that section, like realistically, if that was out of your skill set, you're really walking your bike for maybe like a hundred yards.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know what I mean? It, it, like, when you're riding it, it feels like it's like, oh, my God, that was forever. But, like, if you really think about it, it's not that long. And other than that, I can only think of, like, one or two other sections on there that are pretty intimidating, you know? That um, it's a really good trail. It's a really, really good trail. I think there's a lot of, like, little side hit stuff that, like, if you don't know, you could ride right past it. Did you any really, like the big kind of rock roll stuff that's along the way.
1: i wanted to go look at that, but it was such a busy time on the trail. It was like the one nice weather day that like, we're like, let's just get through this. Yeah, it was slightly yeah. like Disneyland where we were like waiting for each feature yeah. to like ride through. And so we're like, we better not oh, it was her. like that. <laughs> yeah, it was, yeah. it was pretty busy, but like, That's what you get when you go to the festival. It's like you get busy trails and that's kind of what you have to deal with. And, you you know, you make some friends as you wait and talk. as like the line goes through the features.
0: Oh, man. I've never had that experience up there, fortunately. The last time I rode that was like the sketchiest time I rode it. We climbed up and it was like, I don't know what day it was. But it was like it just started like. Kind of raining when we were like on our climb up there, and um, we were like, Oh, you know, it would like sprinkle for like five minutes, and then for like 10 minutes, it would stop or whatever. And we got up to the top, like that viewpoint, we're all like taking the Instagrammies and whatever. And uh, we're like, All right, I'm not kidding. Like, when this sentence finished, it was like, Hey, let's drop in, and instantly it turned into like. 50-mile-an-hour winds and hail and, like, like, it was, like, the most sketchy descent down Highline. I, I was like, oh, my God. Wow. I, I and mean, then somebody had said something about thunderstorms and the weather. And I was like, dude, we're going to get, like, lightning striking up here or something in a second. So, it was definitely something else. Did you make it through all the features?
1: Yeah, yeah. It was, like, I... Feel pretty comfortable on rock since I learned in uh, mm-hmm. Saint George, Utah, um, but it definitely takes a second to like switch the brain from "Hey, this is dirt and slick rock" to "Oh, this is grippy rock and it is all rock."
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It definitely takes a minute to get your like mind wrapped around that. There's one section of that that I haven't got yet, and it's it's a hundred percent mental. But it's like after you go down that gorge,
1: mm-hmm.
0: right? It's kind of like you come to this tree, you you go down around that, and then it's these like stair steps.
1: Yeah, and yeah, and it's like into a right.
0: Yeah, yeah, and it's yeah, just yeah. That part's steps. in my
1: video, I think.
0: Yeah, and those steps are like they're probably like a foot and a half to two feet, probably two feet, maybe two, maybe a little bit bigger. But it's like enough that you're like. you're already at an angle and i always am Uh like, i know i just need to pull my front tire but like i want to roll it and then i like oh i'm on the wrong line or some rock like gets in my way and i'm in my head and that and it's like all the other stuff on that entire trail i i have no problem with or i have made you know and there's like way more sketchier stuff than that but for whatever reason every time i come to that stair i'm like i get in my head and i haven't done it yet so Maybe next.
1: Yeah, year. sometimes those things like I don't know, mental obstacle, right?
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Was that your first time in Sedona?
1: It was my third. Yeah, first time at the festival though.
0: Uh huh. What did you think of the festival?
1: I thought it was fun. I really wish I had brought more warm clothes. Oh, I did yeah. not, because like by the time that I packed up and left, it was supposed to be like decently warm down there, and then it like switched. Uh, so I'm like, wow. no, but I mean, thankfully I had my one big coat and I wore that every day Yeah. Like, while I'm just yeah. walking around the festival.
0: Yeah. I've been there and I mean, it's this, usually the same time of the year every time. And um, I've seen, I've seen it where it was like the last time and I've seen it other times where it's like perfect weather. So you never know, never know what you're going to get. Out of the places that you've been riding, um, it, like other than up in your local area, is Arizona the only place that you've traveled? Or?
1: Um, so I've been to like Bootleg and Vegas area, uh, been to Sedona, um, Yeah, explored like Montana and Idaho a bit, and definitely Washington and Oregon and up to Canada. That, that's yeah. kind of all I've been biking. Oh, and. And Bentonville. I've been to Bentonville before, but oh, that's kind of it for biking.
0: How did you like Bentonville?
1: I have been there twice. Uh-huh. Uh, and I first just took my normal bike the first trip, and it was all right. Like, I in, like, it was really cool to see that they are trying really hard to make great mountain biking trails there, but I did not love it because I feel like I didn't. It was really, really hard to like get speed for anything. You were just like, you would have to be pedaling all the time. But then oh. I, I was on an e-bike the next time, and I was like, hey, this is pretty fun. So I would say that's the place where it's like I would definitely have an e-bike because you're able to actually clear the big jump lines. But, Somebody just did a video did like that. It.
0: Was it wasn't it BCPOV? I think he just said the same thing. Like it was real, really hard to get like it's get the speed a really for- flat area. Yeah. I had the um, the people that started the Bentonville Bike Festival on a couple of weeks ago, and they really like made me like I, I feel like I want to go down there and check it out. It'll be
1: fun. It, I think yeah. if you can like get your hands on a rental e bike, or you're okay with just you know the sprint before a jump, then yeah. like go for it.
0: Yeah, yeah. We're at in Idaho. Were you like up in like Sun Valley area?
1: Yeah, I've been to Sun Valley. Um, have also. Stopped in Boise before, and then I guess like Silver Mountain is in Kellogg, Idaho. Yeah, so it's like in the yeah. Idaho, Montana area.
0: Right on. Yeah. yeah. I, I, Silver I Mountain up there, is a really cool place. I rode up there in the Sun Valley area, and it was it was beautiful. It was like really cool, and I, I'd I'd really enjoy to go back there. It's a couple of couple of I'm um, Colin uh, April. They're in Boise.
1: Yeah. Um, I I think when I stopped, it was, like, on a a drive, like, from Utah, where I was visiting my family, up to Bellingham. So, we just stopped at the bike park. But I think there are a lot of other trails there, too.
0: Yeah. right. Because it
1: was just, like, the little skills park that we just stopped at for, like, a stretch of the legs during the road trip. Yeah, yeah.
0: If there was, like, one place that you could go ride, like, tomorrow, like, anywhere in the world, where would you want to go ride at?
1: I don't want to go to New Zealand, specifically like Queenstown. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So you want to get over there.
1: Hopefully soon.
0: Yeah. You guys are, you guys are mapping it out then it's like coming. Right.
1: Yeah. We're hoping for fall is like when we're hoping to go. So hopefully do you guys
0: like, do you guys own your home right now or you're like renting or something or.
1: We're just renting up here. yeah.
0: Yeah. So like, so then you're ready to go. Yeah, like like as (laughs) soon
1: as they're like, we're open, it's like, we're there.
0: How does that go? Like, I mean, like he, he just gets a visa for school and then because you're married, you're like, you can go and like,
1: yeah, you have to like go through a process where like, it's funny because we've already gone through it, but we need to do it again since it's been so long since we applied Uh because it was like right before COVID, but we applied, but you have to like get some health screening, some mental screening. (laughs) <laughs> and um yep and then you just prove that you can that you have enough money to like survive there without working and then uh-huh. you can head over there yeah they don't want anyone I guess physically ill mentally ill or poor living there, there long term <laughs> <So. that? laughs>
0: what is it that like like draws you to it like what is the like type of writing or like just the, the, the scenery or what, what is it that
1: it like definitely like the scenery it looks like just a really fun park area but also it seems like there's an awesome lady community down there as mm-hmm. well um that i would like to dip my toe in and meet some yeah. ladies down there um uh, but it just from i have lots of friends that have gone over there to visit on trips and they just say that queenstown is one of their favorite places to ride now it's yeah. like it's on my list
0: yeah yeah i definitely like to go i'd say lady community wise one of the places that i've seen more female riders than anywhere else that i've been is in bend oh cool yeah it's like just like it just it, it it was so many that it like really stood out to me where it was like wow there was a group of like eight girls riding and then an hour later there was a group of four girls riding and or then it was like Two dudes and five girls. You know, it's like, wow, this is like, there is a lot of women writers here. Like, I was really surprised. So, have you written down down in Ben?
1: I have not written down in Ben before, but, um, yeah, I think the only place I've written, in, uh, Hood River is the only uh-huh. place I've written in Oregon.
0: Oh, right on. Yeah, we're yeah. gonna have but... lots of different, um, different like kind of, like geographical areas. You know what I mean? Like if you ride in Portland compared to riding in Bend, it's totally different. So anyways, well, it's been almost two hours. I really appreciate you taking the time to sit down and hang out with me on a Sunday night.
1: Yeah. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's been lots of fun. I always ask people right before they go and it doesn't matter if it's like to do with mountain biking or not. But I always ask people what YouTube channels they watch because I think it's fun to hear something. And sometimes um, you come up with something that you you uh, would have never thought to listen to. So.
1: Hmm. So I definitely like skill wise have listened to like or not listen, but watched uh, Colin April before. And I like the GM be what is that one called? B- like B- general- B- yeah, yeah, that one, yeah. Um, I'm definitely like Friday Fails and like pretty religiously watching that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, like every Friday it's like Friday Fails,
0: yeah. Um, I get those on Instagram and that's about it. I don't, I've never watched them on YouTube though. Uh,
1: yeah, and I also really enjoy like watching Vangirl Yuka. She, have you ever met her before?
0: I haven't She's- met her, but I'd love to. I, I actually, I've had um bcpov on the show before and i reached out to him and asked him if she would want to be on the show and she was just she's not interested in uh in 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 having a conversation a long-term format conversation so but i would love to chat with her you you hung out with her
1: yeah uh her and eric came through and i showed them around some trails in bellingham and Mm -hmm. yeah we had some fun times like Checking off some jumps, I know she had like the goal of, to like clear all of a line. So like, yeah, yeah, we went and like did some of the jump trails on Get breath
0: Yeah, she's or not a line
1: U line, which is unemployment line, which is our jump line. Not jump uh, okay, A-line, sorry, not a line aler- Whistler.
0: Yeah, she's hilarious on her um, on her her videos. Like I I honestly really enjoy her content. She's uh she brings a different spice to it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I like I said, I really appreciate you taking the time to hang out with me. It's been it's been a lot of fun chatting. Is there anything you want to say before we take off?
1: Uh, except, I guess not really. Except if you ever find yourself in Bellingham, there is plenty to ride, and definitely reach out.
0: Yeah, definitely. I am um, can't wait to go up there. I I know when I've talked to Josh a bunch of times, he's like everybody up here is a really good rider. Josh and Josh is like a great rider, and he's like, oh, I'm not even like. I'm like a 50% rider compared to everybody else up there. So I'm like a little intimidated because you guys all jump up there. Like you guys do a lot of jumping.
1: Galbraith is like a jumping mountain. That's for yeah. sure. Like we have a lot of like tech and other stuff, but I would say like that mountain as a whole is yeah. like most trails have jumps on them.
0: Yeah. And so I'm you more just of kind of like. Yeah. I'm more we of can a find tech rider tech stuff, though. Yeah. See? So I feel like I need to like. I, I bought this DJ. I feel like I take this DJ out, get my jumping down a little bit more, and then I'm ready to come up there. So, yeah, I appreciate the uh, the invitation. It was a great time hanging out with you. Anybody that hasn't hit the thumbs up yet, you should really do that. Seriously, come on, you've been listening this long. hit Thumbs up. If you if you are still listening, you haven't subscribed. Do that for me. That would be great. Those of you guys on the podcast, I'm serious. There's what three, four days left in this month. Somebody get me a podcast review on the Apple Podcast platform. For this month that would make me super stoked i will be more than happy to read that one i'll even mention it i'll mention it i'm sure (laughs) positively (laughs) anyways there's one thing that i want you guys to remember before you take off it only takes a bike to be a biker get out and be one